You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. The Takeover. Let's go. Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Wrestling Takeover. I'm your host, Jordan Turner. This is episode 258. Welcome back to the podcast. WrestleMania. WrestleMania is in the books. Night two. Night one was better than night two, in my opinion. Overall, I will say that WrestleMania 38 was one of the best WrestleManias since WrestleMania 31. Uh, WWE did great. Night one was very good. Night two was good. Um, I would say it was mid. Um, the one disappointing aspect of last night's show was that main event. That main event was so disappointing. Now, the outcome we all expected. I expected something else to happen, but we did not get that. Uh, my idea with The Rock and Roman Reigns kicking off their feud it didn't happen, but Roman Reigns winning. He is the new undisputed king of WWE. He's a new champion as well as still the universal champion. So that was great. Um, but, you know, outside, I would say outside of that match, one of my other favorite matches was the tag team match that actually kicked off night two. I'll talk about that. Pat McAfee and Austin Theory really showed up and showed out. Even the women's tag team title match for the women's tag team titles. Um, it's not really getting a lot of respect, but I'm going to give it its flowers here on this show. It was a pretty good match. It didn't blow my socks away, but at the same time, I wasn't bored. And that is really all that matters. Uh, again, thank you, everybody, for joining me right here on the podcast. Speaking of the wrestling takeover, be sure to subscribe and listen and share the podcast on all available podcast platforms. Share it on your social media, Instagram, Twitter. Speaking of Instagram, follow me at The Wrestling Takeover. I appreciate everybody over there that is following me over there. Uh, thank you guys so much. If you are new and you want to join the family, again, at The Wrestling Takeover on Instagram. Also on Twitter, follow me at JT Takeover, man. Great community last night. People tweeting with me. It was a good time. WrestleMania really showed up and showed out. And overall, again, one of the best WrestleManias since WrestleMania. 31. Let's get right into my honest review and opinions of WrestleMania 38 Night 2. So we actually kicked off with the Raw Tag Team titles, RK Bro versus the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy in a triple threat tag team match for the Raw Tag Team titles. RK Bro did get the win. This was a really good match. Um, they really kicked ass. They really did, and I enjoyed it. I was pretty surprised how good it was. Usually, when this happens, and we see a lot of these teams, it's all kind of clunky. It's not that good. All teams really showed up and showed out. Um, and this match opening the show was the right decision. You know, and RK Bro... Still remain as Raw Tag Team Champions. 
I kind of assumed that that was going to be the case because I think it's a little bit too soon for them to lose the titles. Now, the question is, who do they lose the championships to? That is something that WWE is going to have to figure out. But during the match, we've seen some of the highlights here that I'm going to read. Montez Ford hit Gable with the Inseguri and then flipped over the ring post onto everyone outside of the ring. Gable then climbed to the top rope and connected with the moonsault onto everybody in the outside ring. Um, that spot, it's been done redundantly, and I kind of don't like it because I hate when wrestlers just stand there. They're fighting, but they're really standing there waiting for the opposing you know, wrestler that is on the top rope that is going to do a an aerial move, and I don't like it. I think it's really cringe. That's just me. But outside of that offensive move, moonsault by uh, Chad Gable, uh, Alpha Academy took control of the match and hit a German suplex clothesline combination to Matt Riddle. After that, Otis hit Riddle with the body slam and Gable tagged in. Chad Gable then hit a northern-like superplex and went for the cover, but Riddle was able to kick out at two. Uh, after that, we seen Chad Gable then locked in a submission hold while taunting the cloud by shouting a thank you to the crowd. Matt Riddle escaped, but Gable took him down with the dragon screw. Matt Riddle was really on the defensive for majority of this match. Randy Orton was, he was kind of the hot tag here on this match. And that's how it really played off. After that, we see Montez Ford labeled Gable with the drop kick, but responded by capitalizing him across of the ring for a two. Angelo Dawkins then tagged in and delivered some exploder suplexes to Gable and Riddle. Angelo Dawkins then hit a silencer on Matt Riddle and went for the cover, but Otis broke up the pin with a splash. Later on, we seen Otis climb to the middle of the turnbuckle, but got shoved to the outside. Street Profits then hit a blockbuster, forward off the top rope as Dawkins had Gable in the electric chair, but somehow Chad Gable was able to kick out. That was a beautiful looking um, electric chair. So that was cool by the Street Profits. At the end of everything, um, we seen Montez Floor climb to the turnbuckle. Uh, Matt Riddle came out of nowhere and hit Ford with a beautiful RKO. One of the best RKOs I've seen in some time off the top rope. And then Chad Gable then went for a splash, but Randy Orton countered it into an RKO. RKO is the greatest finisher in WWE history. So after Randy Orton hit that RKO on Chad Gable, RKO uh, bro obviously won the match and they retained their title. Post-match, Street Profits got in the ring with some solo cups and shared a drink with RK Bro. After that, they invited Gable Steepson, WWE's pet project. Uh, he came into the ring and he celebrated with the two teams. Cool moment, crowd popped Tabby Fort, and I did the same thing. Chad Gable then came into the ring and slapped the cup out of Stevenson's hand and grabbed a microphone. Stevenson ripped the microphone away from Chad and told him to shh. After that, Stevenson hit a belly-to-belly -belly on Chad Gable and then sent him across the ring. And that's how the first match concluded. Fun match. Very exciting. Um, definitely a round of applause for this match. So they killed it. They had a good, good match for the Raw Tag Team titles. Now, the question is, what's next for RK Bro? Who are they going to be facing next? Now, I don't know. And that's the problem. 
I've pitched a lot of ideas, um, but the one constant idea that I have been consistently pitching is we need to unify the tag team titles. I still believe the best option, after looking back at it, I still feel the same way. RK Bro should have faced the Usos to unify those tag team titles. We need a unification match for these titles. There are no tag teams when you really look at it on the Raw side and the SmackDown side. So we need a unification. You know, put the brands back together, put the division back together, and we have one set of tag team titles, having all those teams going after that one champion, either the Usos or RK Bro. That's just me. But we don't know really what WWE is going to do. We don't know. This is a new reset for WWE. We're going to have to see what happens and pay attention to see what WWE is going to be doing moving forward, starting tonight with Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. So definitely look out for the Monday Night Raw post show. You will be getting Monday Night Raw reviews and SmackDown reviews on a consistent basis. I promise you that. All right. I will not be inconsistent with it. I was inconsistent with it because I just didn't like what WWE was doing and it was building towards WrestleMania. And we kind of already knew majority of the matches that were going to take place. But the consistency isn't going um, nowhere. Um, and the consistently will be here with Monday Night Raw reviews and Friday Night SmackDown reviews. So I'm just letting you guys aware of that. Next up, we've seen Bobby Lashley. He defeated Omos. This match really wasn't it. This match was very slow, very methodical. You can tell that Bobby Lashley was telling Omas what to do, how to do things. It just felt that way. This match really wasn't good, but I do love that Bobby Lashley did get the win here. Um, a lot of people actually thought that Omas was going to win this match. I kind of did as well, but... During the match, and as the match went on, I said to myself, you know what, Bobby Lashley is definitely going to win this match. He did. This was a great match. Um, or, wait, no, it wasn't. I'm sorry. It was not a great match. I'm thinking of another match that I'm going to talk about. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Omos was not a good match. It was very slow. But Bobby Lashley did get the win, and I did like that. Now, what's next for Bobby Lashley? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um... I'm not going to really talk about this match because it didn't really do anything for me. Um, I don't know, really know what you do with Bobby Lashley. Do you put him in the main event scene? Um, do you have him go after the U.S. championship? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. Everything is really up in the air. Everything. The women's division's up in the air. The, uh, the tag team division is really up in the air. The world title scene is up in the air. We don't know what the WWE is going to do with any of these competitors. So it's kind of hard to fantasy book. I do it better than anybody. It's really hard to fantasy book what WWE is going to do because, again, this is a reset. And majority of these matches, you know, they, they really were not supposed to be on the card, but they were, and majority of them really over-delivered. Speaking of over-delivered, Johnny Knoxville defeated Sami Zayn. 
Yes. Johnny Knoxville beat Sami Zayn. This match, before it even announced, why is Johnny Knoxville wrestling? I get why they're doing it, but this isn't needed. It's unnecessary. Sami Zayn's on the card, and that's great. He's getting a WrestleMania moment being in the ring with Johnny Knoxville. I think that's a big deal. People don't really consider it as a big deal, but it is a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Also, are they really going to have a good match? Is this going to be what it was? And that's exactly what it was all over the place. But even when it was all over the place, it looked ridiculous. The ridiculousness of it was really good. This was a this was a good match. It really surprised me. It really did. So Johnny Knoxville defeated Sami Zayn. And we've seen some of the highlights here. We've seen Knoxville. Uh, he brought a stop sign, a trash can, and a pair of cutchers into the ring with Sami Zayn. Zayn booted him in the midsection and grabbed a metal tray. After that, Sami Zayn bashed Knoxville over the back with it and then grabbed the crutch. Sami Zayn then hit Knoxville across the back with the crush before bashing him with the trash can. Sami Zayn then went for the cover, but uh, Knoxville was able to kick out at two. After that, Sami Zayn brought in a table into the ring and put his hand under the ring again and then grabbed his finger in pain. So, some jackass shit. That's what we saw here. A lot of jackass stunts in pro wrestling. And it sold. And it was perfect. But it looked ridiculous. But that's, uh, that's the good thing about it. After that, Sami Zayn got back into the ring and Knoxville bashed his head with trash can lids. And then uh, we seen a stop sign. Sami Zayn then hit an exploder suplex through a table into the corner for a two count. After that, Johnny uh, sprayed something in Sami Zayn's face, but he shrugged it off and booted him in the midsection. Chris Porn's jackass star got in the ring and started dancing around uh, Party Boy. This was crazy. This was crazy, man. As Sami Zayn laughed at him, opponents then stripped down to a thong and started aggressively dancing towards Sami Zayn. <laughs> Yo, this is crazy. You feel me? This, man, this was ridiculous. But it was actually entertaining. That's the crazy part. Looked ridiculous, but it was entertaining. So, Sami Zayn then beat him down and threw him out of the ring. Uh, Knoxville went for a roll-up, but Sami Zayn was able to kick out at two. After that, we've seen Zayn climb to the top rope, but Knoxville clipped the bottom of Pyro and went, and went off in the corner where Sami Zayn was at. Knoxville then bowled down a ball into Sami Zayn's balls. I mean, Sami Zayn's nuts got destroyed last night. Typical jackass stunts. So, <laughs> Sami Zayn obviously was wearing a cup, but it, it just was funny just seeing that shit. It's crazy. Knoxville bought out a taser, and Sami Zayn started to run away. Zayn walked into a giant hand slap, which looked brutal. Brutal. That hand's fucking thing that we always see in Jackass. If you guys were growing up like myself, we were watching Jackass together. It was good. It was cool. Uh, after that, back in the ring, Sami Zayn stomped on Knoxville and then planted him with a superplex. Uh, Sami Zayn then climbed to the top rope and Knoxville tasered him in the nuts once again. Knoxville then hit a sword on Sami Zayn 
off the top rope and then crashed through the mouse traps uh, table below. The Jackass crew then brought in a ganged mouse trap and rolled Sami Zayn in the ring. Knoxville closed the trap on Zayn and then pinned him for the victory. Zayn was locked. He couldn't really get out, but in reality, this motherfucker could have got out. If he just put his legs up, this guy could have released and got out of it. Whatever. I get what they were trying to do, but that was ridiculous. I hated that aspect of it. But other than that, for the most part, it was entertaining, and I did enjoy myself. So another plus from WWE. Sasha Banks, I'm so happy for her. Shout out to Boss. Shout out to Sasha Banks, man. She finally got the win. She got the dub, and she got her first win at WrestleMania. This is cool. So Sasha Banks and Naomi uh, won the Women's Tag Team Championships. Queen Zelina and Carmella defended the Women's Tag Team Championships against Sasha Banks and Naomi, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, and Shayna Baszler and Natalia in a fatal four-way tag team match. This match, to me, was solid. A lot of people, when they heard this match, were like, oh, this is a bathroom break match. This match isn't going to do anything for anybody. These are worthless tag team titles. That last point, I agree with you guys on. This is a worthless title. No one gives a shit about these titles. Nobody. Okay? They have no prestige. I wish WWE would do my idea. Get rid of these women's tag team championships. They add no value. Zero. Get rid of it. Introduce a mid-card women's title, just like the IC title, presented as that, and have it bounce between Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. It is what it is, but I don't think they're giving away this tag team title. I just don't. And so... Until they get rid of them, we're always going to see makeshift tag teams. That's just how it's going to be. This match was solid, like I said. Now, for the most part, you know, all the women looked great. Everybody wanted Sasha Banks and Naomi to get the win here. And, I mean, that's what people wanted to see. Because when they won, they got a big pop from Dallas when they got the win. But some highlights here we've seen. Uh, Natalia tagged in and got dragged out of the ring after Carmella made a blind tag. Carmella knocked out Banks to the floor again. And Zelina Vega hit Naomi with the cheap shot. After that, Carmella followed up with a superplex and to a super kick for an air fall. And Corey Graves was the timed on commentary. He was very distraught that his girl didn't get the win. Naomi booted Carmella in the face and Banks then ultimately tagged in. Sasha Banks hit Carmella with the frog splash. And went for the cover, but Carmella was able to kick out at two. Sasha Banks then went for the bank statement, but Selena Vega then dragged Carmella out of the ring and the match continued. Sasha Banks then hit Vega with a Meteora off the apron, which looked really great. Sasha Banks loves her Meteora. And one of the negatives that I do have is we see a lot of these wrestlers do the same moves. Sasha Banks is guilty of it. The Meteora, it looks great, but... God damn, how many variations of Meteora can we see? So, a little negative there, but it's a negative that a majority of wrestlers really go through. Uh, Banks tagged in and then hit a double-team move, Grand Slam, Cold Breaker combination on Carmella for the pin, and Sasha Banks and Naomi got the dub. 
It was a great way to end the match. Again, the match was decent for what it was. I wasn't bored, and that's all that matters. I wasn't bored of this, but I was bored of the main event. That's, uh, that's a problem. That's a problem. Listen, shout out to Banks. Shout out to Naomi. We love our queens, man. But listen, I speak the truth. I give you my honesty. And that's how I'm always going to approach this. These titles are worthless. These titles do nothing for nobody. Nobody really is going to value here. There's not going to be no value here with these titles. I really hope and pray that WWE really starts utilizing these titles and make them feel important. Because right now, no one gives a fuck about these women's tag team titles. And that's on WWE's shoulders, not nobody else. Sasha Banks and Naomi win. But at the end of the day, you need to ask yourself, is WWE going to start valuing these titles once again? And the answer is probably not. We'll see if WWE is going to prove us wrong. We'll find out. Next up, man, we've seen Damian Priest as he helped Edge defeat AJ Styles. AJ Styles battled Edge for the first time ever on WrestleMania, man. This was crazy. Couple things. Number one, what the hell happened to AJ Styles? His face was bleeding, side of his face. What happened? Right? They tried to come up with something on commentary. Make a storyline out of it and explaining what happened to Styles. It looked like what the fuck happened. Either way, they put on a banger. They put on a great match. Did Edge and AJ Styles. They told a great story. I have a little problem. Two problems. Two problems. The first problem that I have with this match it felt like they did not get out of the first gear. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. It was a great match. I loved it. But was it a five-star classic? Fuck no. Absolutely not. It felt like a four out of five. If they went another 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes, it would have been a classic. But this was not a classic by no means. Okay? So that is... One of the problems I had. I wish I went a little bit longer. Number two. And this is mainly my problem with this, even though it was a great match. What the? F how do I how do I uh, gravitate to this? How do I come off as? What, what's going on with the fans? What was going on with Dallas? Y'all tired? Y'all were annoyed? Y'all thought the show was too long? What happened? Because you guys did not care about this match. Y'all popped when the, the graphics came up. But man, were y'all bored? You guys felt like you guys were bored watching this. I'm just telling you with what I saw. Through my eyes, I'm telling you what I saw. I saw a majority of people, especially in the front row. It looked like nobody cared. Nobody. Now, this rivalry, I believe, will continue, and I actually hope it ends inside Hell in a Cell. I'm throwing that out right now. Fantasy booking right now. Edge versus Seth Rollins, or Edge versus AJ Styles, excuse me, 
even though they all wrestle the same way. Edge versus AJ Styles should definitely end inside Hell in a Cell. They will continue, I believe, at WrestleMania Backlash. Just like majority of these matches will continue at WrestleMania Backlash. The fans really didn't care for it. And that's disappointing. Whatever you guys go at and you guys feel emotionally, it's going to seep through the screen. You guys really didn't give a crap about it. I cared about it. But I'm not going to give it that classic rating because the fans really just didn't really gravitate to it. And that's disappointing. That really is disappointing. So some highlights here. We've seen Edge continue to focus on Styles midsection and locked in an abdominal stretch in the middle of the ring with a scratched elbow strikes to the ribs. After that, we've seen Styles broke free with some elbow strikes of his own and then an arm drag. After that, AJ Styles followed up with the dragon screw to buy himself some time to recover. Uh, AJ Styles walked right into a shoulder breaker from Edge, and both men fell to the mat. AJ Styles uh, got stomped uh, by Edge in the corner until a massive right hand on both superstars. They fell down. They were tired. They looked tired. They looked gassed. And I love the selling. So congrats to both men. They were really telling a great story. It's just the fans really didn't care. Styles charged, but Edge, you know, he got out of the way and sent AJ Styles flying into the middle turnbuckle. After that, Edge went for a superplex, but AJ Styles countered it into his own, and Edge crashed into the turnbuckle. AJ went for a Pele kick, but Edge dodged it. After that, AJ Styles went for the Styles clash, but Edge escaped and applied a cross face. Shout out to Chris Benoit. Uh, Styles was able to get to the ropes and force a break and the match continued going into the closing of this match again a lot of notes here but going into the closing of the match we've seen edge and styles battled on the turnbuckle and styles hit a suplex on the ring apron which looked insane uh styles brought edge back into the ring and hit a springboard 450 splash for a near fall aj styles is so good for his age it's unbelievable that's why his nickname is the phenomenal one. AJ went for the phenomenal form, no pun intended, but AJ uh, missed it as Edge dodged it. After that, Styles leapfrogged a spear attempt and planted Edge with a Styles clash, but Edge somehow was able to kick out at two. This is when the fans kind of started to wake up around this time in the closing of the match. Damien Priest, he showed up ringside and provided a distraction and Styles set up for the phenomenal form. Styles then went to the top and attempted it, but Edge caught him in mid-flight with the spear via a pinfall victory. After the match, Damian Priest posted with Edge, and the crowd started to boo. You guys know that rumor about Edge having a ministry? I don't know what the fuck it's going to be called, but having some sort of ministry stuff. The rumors were true. This is exactly what WWE's doing. I love it. This is going to get Damian Priest over to the next level. You are working with one of the greatest of all time in Edge. This is going to be perfect. Speaking of this group, I've seen a lot of people pop in some names, pop in some names. Um, if I'm WWE and if I'm Edge, you got Damian Priest. You need a couple more established names to really make this group feel established. 
I'm just booking. I'm fantasy booking. I'm just pitching ideas. That's all I'm doing. That's all I usually do. I just pitch ideas. That's it. And I'm going to do one right now. I would love to see two people in particular join this group. Rhea Ripley and Tommaso Ciampa. I would love to see Tommaso Ciampa. He looked up to Edge. So Tommaso Ciampa working with Edge would be perfect. I also would love to see Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is such a generational talent. It's disgusting the way this woman has been received by management. And I'm not in agreement with it. I don't like it because she's so good right now. She really is. And I think she needs a complete reset with her character in WWE. And her working with Edge would be a perfect restart. I feel like that's what they're kind of doing with Damian Priest. Because Damian Priest really isn't going nowhere right now. He needs a reset. And I think Rhea Ripley needs a reset as well. Tommaso Ciampa, I do see him coming up to main roster. And I think him joining with Edge would fit like a glove. Edge, Damian Priest, Tommaso Ciampa, and Rhea Ripley is a faction. I think that would work. I think it would be a great thing. If they want to add another female, how about Shotzi Blackheart? I think that would be great to kickstart her career and redesign her career on the main roster as well. Let me know what you guys think. Next up, man, Sheamus and Rich Holland pick up the win. Rich Holland and Sheamus face Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. I'm moving on because this was completely pointless. You know who won. You guys watched it. Let's carry on. Let's keep it pushing. Pat McAfee. This was the best thing on night two. No question. This was the best thing on night two. Pat McAfee defeated Austin Theory. Vince McMahon then defeated Pat McAfee. And Steve Austin came out and said, fuck everybody. I'm a stutter Vince. I'm a stunner Pat McAfee. This was great. This was great, man. This was awesome. One of the best things on this entire show of night two. Um, I'm not really going to talk about it in depth, man. I'm just going to kind of just talk. Um, one of the greatest signings in WWE in recent memory was Pat McAfee. One of the best signings that WWE's ever made was signed Pat McAfee. This guy's having fun. You see that this guy is getting a lot of buzz surrounding him. He's the most over person in WWE, and he's not even a pro wrestler. That's sad. That's sad to me. Awesome. Him on commentary. He's amazing. He's doing a fantastic job on commentary. So shout out to Pat McAfee. Living his dream. That is cool. That is something he's been wanting to do. And going in there and wrestling on the grandest stage like WrestleMania, that's an honor. And I know Pat McAfee is extremely happy about that, man. So shout out to Pat McAfee. Shout out to Vince McMahon, even though Vince McMahon, I love Vince McMahon. Without him, there would be no WWE. But listen, homie, you got to stop. You took the worst stunner of all time. That was the worst. <laughs> oh my God. That was that was the worst seller of the Steve Austin stunner I've ever seen. That was awful. I can't believe I said Steve Austin stunner. It's the stunner. My bad. Uh, 
He took that stunner awful. It was embarrassing. But it was it was kind of funny because the way he sold it. His legs gave out on him. His legs. Yo, as soon as Steve Austin kicked Vince in the gut, it's like his legs gave out. And Steve Austin barely connected with the stunner. It looked bad. It was worse than Donald Trump. And it was worse than Linda McMahon. Congratulations, Vince McMahon. Congratulations to Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. You guys took the greatest stunners of all time. Especially Austin Theory. Let me tell you something about Austin Theory. This guy's a blue chip prospect. We know this. Vince McMahon mentioning that Austin Theory is going to be a future universal champion while he was introducing him. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. Big future for Austin Theory. No question about it. Was his selling of the stunner better than Pat McAfee's? Yes, it was. It was. Pat McAfee did it the old-fashioned way. He got stunned, and he just, like, stood in looking up at the cloud with the fucking drink and shit, and he went down to the mat. That was cool. This whole thing was great. I love that it was the co-main event of night two, and this was a great match. I really enjoyed it. I really did, and um, I had a good time. That's pretty much it. One of the worst main events. It just was so boring. It's just my opinion. Brock Lesnar defeated Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar lost to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar to become the new undisputed WWE Universal Champion. I wouldn't be shocked if that's what the name is called. The undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I'm just saying. Um, Roman Reigns won. This match was boring. Um, This match was the same match that we've seen so many occasions, you guys. It was the same thing. Nothing changed about it. Nothing. If you've seen one Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match, you've seen them all. And it was not impressive. It wasn't impressive. It didn't do anything for me. This was the same shit. And it it ended anticlimactically. And it's fucked up because, in my opinion, the two worst matches on WrestleMania were, especially the two matches that had a lot of hype surrounding it, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey on night one. And then night two was the main event, the last match. Before everybody goes home. Was the worst match. Now. It didn't put me to sleep. So. I don't want to say it was the worst match. But when it comes to. It being high profiled. In the main event. A lot of hype surrounding it. It needed to deliver. We needed to see some color. We didn't get any color. We didn't get no blood. Um, we seen finishers. On repeat mode. It didn't do anything. It was not exciting. And the fans were not excited about it either. Uh, They were on their hands and knees. They just didn't care. They just wanted Roman Reigns to win. They popped when Roman Reigns won. But during the match. The fans really. Outside of one nice spot. Where 
Uh, Brock Lesnar looked like he was going to win the match. The crowd popped when Roman Reigns kicked out. Outside of that, it was the same shit. Same shit we've seen at SummerSlam, WrestleMania's, uh, Crown Jewel. It was the same thing, you guys. Nothing different. And that's just my honest opinions about it. But Roman Reigns is the new Universal Champion. What's next? He's the undisputed champion. What's next? WWE is in some big trouble. And this is where I'm in the, the podcast. Kind of talking about the aftermath of WrestleMania. What's going to happen with everything. With everything. And I'll go a little bit more in depth. Even more on tonight's edition of Monday Night Raw. Like I said, there will be a review of Monday Night Raw tonight. Right here on the Wrestling Takeover. So stay tuned. Also... If you guys haven't done so already, you're new to what I do. I do fantasy bookings. I recap, review, analyze, in-depth, full of all my honesty on all these WWE shows, AEW shows, just professional wrestling in general, fantasy bookings, and I cover all the latest news and rumors. If you like that type of thing, this podcast is for you. Press the subscribe button. Follow me on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover. Follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover and continue to support what I do. Uh, continuing on here. You know, Roman Reigns won. Expected. Um, Brock Lesnar. There's rumors that he's going to stay around. Um, I can definitely see Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns again. <sighs> At WrestleMania Backlash. I, I just see it. And um, it is what it is. As long as Roman Reigns wins and carries on. I'm fine with it. There are a lot of people, a lot of people in my inner circle that I know, but the vast majority of people are starting to finally say to themselves, you know, Roman Reigns needs to lose that title. How many people can he keep beating? He needs to drop that championship. He's held it for too long. He's boring. His character's boring. So on and so forth. I hear you guys. I really do. I hear what you guys are saying. I hear your complaints. Now, I don't, I'm not with you guys in regards to having that opinion about Roman Reigns because I'm loving Roman Reigns. I love the tribal chief, the head of the table. I, I, I kind of have to speak on this. And I'm going to be honest, as I always am when I talk about WWE. WWE's run into a wall here. They ran into a wall with Roman Reigns. It's not Roman Reigns' fault. He didn't do nothing. WWE, they got to start thinking now. Who's going to beat Roman Reigns and win is that going to happen? I got two people. And it's not Drew McIntyre. I got two people. That I definitely see Vince McMahon picking. To beat Roman Reigns. Let's start with the first one. Austin Theory. Austin Theory is a future world champion. Austin Theory is a future universal champion. 
That was a quote from Vince McMahon. He doesn't say that just to say it. He said it for a reason. There's a reason behind why he said that. I could definitely see Austin Theory beating Roman Reigns. You guys remember when Randy Orton was the same age as Austin Theory is now? And he went to SummerSlam to face Chris Benoit for the World Heavyweight Championship. And he defeated Chris Benoit. WWE thought they had the next top star, the next prodigy in the game with Randy Orton. But he was too immature. He was too young. Austin Theory isn't immature. Austin Theory is young, though. But he has one thing over Randy Orton. He's, he's not immature. He's mature. Randy Orton was the complete opposite. You want to create a new star? Vince McMahon is going to push this guy slowly but surely. This is a Vince McMahon project, Austin Theory. He could be the one to defeat Roman Reigns. I would not have a problem with it. Unless, unless they just have him win. He's not built up. He doesn't have any important wins over like Edge and AJ Styles and Randy Orton and and, uh, Seth Rollins. Wins like that. If he doesn't have anything on that on his uh, resume, him beating, you know, Roman Reigns, so it'll be fine, but it's not going to be impactful. He needs impactful wins before he can get to Roman Reigns. You feel me? But Austin Theory is definitely one of them. Another person who I would rather see beat Roman Reigns. He just faced Seth Rollins at night one in a five-star classic. One of the most underrated WrestleMania matches of all time. Cody Rhodes. Why did he come back to WWE? Get a great paycheck. To be on top of the card. To be in the main event. You could be in the main event. You could be on top of the card. But no. No. Cody Rhodes. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be the champion. The man. They have the man. in Cody Rhodes right now. If Roman Reigns wants to leave, take a break, he can drop the championship at SummerSlam to Cody Rhodes. And Cody Rhodes can take that throne away from Roman Reigns and be the guy on Monday Night Raw on SmackDown. If it's not Cody Rhodes, if it's not Austin Theory, then who is it going to be? Braun Breaker is too young. I had people say Braun Breaker. Well, Austin Theory is probably the same age, man. So you sound hypocritical. Okay. They might are the same age. Yes. But Austin Theory is a little bit more seasoning. He's been on the main roster. You cannot just put Braun Breaker on the main roster and just have him win Roman. You can't do that. Austin Theory can get wins over him. I just think it's too soon for Braun Breaker to even be on the main roster. It's either Cody Rhodes or it's Austin Theory. That's it. And speaking of both of them, one of them needs to, if one of them wins the money in the bank, 
They are facing Roman Reigns, and they are going to beat Roman Reigns. That is my prediction. If Cody Rhodes or Austin Theory win Money in the Bank, they will beat Roman Reigns. Again, if this was me, WWE would look completely different. Look completely different with stars. I wouldn't have released all those people. I'd have Roman Reigns hold the title until WrestleMania 40, but that's too long. That is too long. Maybe he has the, he holds until WrestleMania 39, and then after that, he eventually drops it at that year's SummerSlam. Maybe it happens this year. We don't know. It's a big opportunity. There's a lot of eyes on WWE right now in regards to what they're going to do. Was WrestleMania a success? Yes, it was. This was one of the best WrestleManias since WrestleMania 31. I will give it a grade of out of 10. I'm going to give it an 8. That's a B plus in my book. So WrestleMania 38 gets a B plus. You looked at these cards and, you know, it just didn't look good. WWE was behind the eight ball. But man, they delivered. They gave us some great memorable moments and matches that we will look on for decades to come. I will definitely be going back and watching some of these matches at WrestleMania. This was one of the best WrestleManias since WrestleMania 31. Props to Vince McMahon. Props to Bruce Prichard. Props to the superstars and everybody else in WWE. When WWE wants to do it right, they do it better than anybody. WWE needs to fix their creative. That is the one thing. They need to press a reset button this year. Starting tonight on Monday Night Raw. The reset button. Give me new feuds. Give me new characters. Give me some new people to push and be a fan of. Or are we going to continue to get the same people in the same positions? Tonight and on SmackDown is going to be deafening. We're going to have to see what transpires and see where WWE goes. But I'm very excited I can't wait to watch Monday Night Raw tonight. I cannot wait to review it and give you guys my honest thoughts on it like I always do and like I did today. Thank you guys for joining me right here on night two of WrestleMania. I know it was a day late. Here's the thing. That show ended so late, I couldn't get up here on that night and be like I was on night one where I was literally doing the podcast while falling asleep and my eyes were closed. I didn't want to do that. By the time WrestleMania was over, I was so tired. I jumped right into bed and I slept and I wanted to do the review the next day. And so that's what I'm here for. Um, And I hope you guys enjoyed. Please, please go and listen to the podcast. Share the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, um, and Apple Podcasts. Spotify. Uh, I have linktree.com slash Jordan Turner. It's an easy way to connect to the podcast. It's on my Instagram page at the wrestling takeover. It's on my Twitter page at JT takeover. Press that link and you guys get easy access to the podcast. Follow me on social media, man. I really appreciate those who go out of their way and they listen to the show. I got ways to go to get recognized But I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep trunking. And the consistency with Monday Night Raw and SmackDown 
will be that. I promise you that. Even if I'm tired, even if I had a long day, it doesn't matter. I'm going to push that consistency with SmackDown and Raw. I want to post a little bit more too, man, when it comes to maybe even covering other wrestling shows. I want to be consistent this year with covering more pro wrestling outside of AEW and WWE. I'll definitely keep that in mind. See what I want to do, man. Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown. I'm thinking of bringing NXT back. I'm not sure. Impact, I'm not sure. Again, I just want to be consistent. I want to give you guys episodes that you appreciate, episodes that you will go out of your way and listen to. I don't want to just throw out an episode for the sake of throwing something together. If it doesn't work, I'm not throwing it out there. I'm, I'm talking about outside of, you know, the reviews that I do, the wrestling reviews. The news and rumors ain't going nowhere. The fantasy bookings ain't going nowhere, man. I'm hoping the year 2022 turns out to be a successful year for the wrestling takeover. My goal is to present you guys with a website for the wrestling takeover, doing a website and that's what I want to do. That's the goal, and that's something that I do want to accomplish by the end of this year. Help me out. Spread the word of the podcast. Listen to the podcast. Follow me on social media. All depends on you guys as well. I'm putting in the work, but if you guys you know, are going to go out there and show me some support on social media and listen to the podcast, that would really mean a great deal. Thank you guys very much for tuning in to the Wrestling Takeover for WrestleMania Night 2. I will be back tonight for Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania post-show review and analysis right here on the Wrestling Takeover.